This podcast is brought to you by Huber Photo Development and Restoration. Has a tornado blown through your house and destroyed everything you love and cherish? I know I've been there before. That's why you need Huber Photo Development and Restoration to save all your precious memories from being blown to the sea. Huber Photo Development and Restoration specializes in the processing of C41 and black and white negative film and also the restoration of already processed photographs from times gone by. Do you have a photo of your uncle getting drunk and lighting the Christmas tree on fire? I don't, but if you do and you want that photo restored in its full glory, Come to Huber Photo Development and Restoration. Anyway, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 8 of the Sound of Sergey podcast. Boy, it is good to be back, especially considering the news that I have to tell you. If you follow me on Instagram, you will already know this big fat, P-H-A-T fat, big fat piece of juicy news which is i have officially resumed sergey speaks yes the videos that nobody watched that now but for real the video form of what i do here it's basically <clears throat> this podcast came out of sergey speaks sergey speaks came first and it was me sitting down talking about a subject or exploring a topic, going on a website, I went on wish.com, or commentating on really bad movies or kids' TV shows. I commentated on Barney for a while there. That is what gave birth to the sound of Sergey, and now I am returning to the video form by popular demand. What that means is every two weeks on... Friday, 12 p.m., which is noon, you will be able to watch Sergey Speaks, the video form. And also, every Friday, this is weekly, you will, as usual, get the Sound of Sergey podcast at Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. So you are getting a double dose of me on every other Friday, and on the other Friday between that, you will get the podcast, The Sound of Sergey. Boy, am I glad to be here. It feels so, so, so good to be back recording the podcast. It feels like it's been a long time, but really, it's just been one week. It's the same amount of time that I normally would do, and I am so glad that I am back. And boy, do I have a myriad of things that I need to tell you guys about. For one, a couple days ago, this was Saturday, I went with my friends. Uh, if you remember, I told the Dracula dream, and the Dracula dream, I mentioned a guy named Matt. And in real life, I went to Wingstop with this Matt, and I also went with, in the last episode, into the Lion's Den, a.k.a. Marshall County, I mentioned there was a guy named Elliot, who was a twin. So I went with Elliot and Matt to Wingstop, and it was a great time. Listen, if there's anything that will pick me up, if I'm like in a slump, if I'm sad, if I'm crying, if I'm depressed, if I'm about to like, if I'm about to go and stick up a Dollar General for a bag of smart food, white cheddar popcorn to relieve my sadness, I don't have to do that. What I have to do is organize a meeting with, you know, a couple buddies and just go to Wingstop and then boom, it's like, it's, um, uh, 
It's like an antidepressant, except these work and it doesn't make you shoot up a school. So, I go to Wingstop with Matt and Elliot and we have a great time. Afterwards, we head to the uh, baseball fields in Lone Oak and we have a good time there. Which, by the way, you don't want to be like 17-year-old kids sitting at the park because then you just look really creepy. Especially, like, Matt like yells out everybody take your shirt off and i don't like dude matt what are you doing even elliot was like what on earth is going on i didn't even participate because listen i don't want to become a sex offender you can by the way you can become a sex offender by urinating on a tree in public that's a real reason you could be become a sex offender is public urination it's happened before look it up at a certain point I don't know how we get to the topic of AOC. By AOC, I mean Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which is, if there's ever a butchering of a name, I think that people butcher my name, Sergei Nikolaevich Ivanov. I think people butcher my name. That is nothing compared to what I'm sure I just did to AOC's name. But Matt and Elliot... We're all hanging out. We start talking about AOC. And they start talking about the politics. And I barely know anything about AOC. And I still don't. So I go on my phone and I look up Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I type that in. And I start scrolling through Google Images. And I realize, oh, dang. And then we start talking. I'm like, if... And the, the question I posed to them is basically... If AOC went to your high school and she was your age, like if if we time traveled or if AOC, when she was a teenager, time traveled and went to McCracken County High School, if she went to your school, would you slide in AOC's DMs? And Matt said no, because he was like, oh, AOC is crazy. I'm like, well, perfect. I mean, those are the best kind. <laughs> No, but for real. Listen, I have had too many relationships with crazy, crazy women. Like, there, I have dated people who tried to get me to, like, self-harm because they thought it would, like, make them feel better. Not me. Them. I've dated some crazy people. There was this one girl who stabbed me, and there's still a scar on my right arm. I, I mean, it's not you can't I can't show you because this is a podcast, but I, I have been stabbed. It, it didn't hurt that much, but Matt said no, and I basically tell them this: if you look at AOC now, you only can see. The fact that she is a blatant socialist. Whatever you believe about that, whatever. That's not important. But that's what people see the first thing. Because not many people are socialists in America. Like, that's not a common thing to be. So that's the thing that sticks out the most. But the thing that does not stick out is... Like, I showed them a picture of her when she was at Boston University or wherever. And she's like dancing in some video and she was thick dude aoc if she went to my high school i would definitely i would slide in the dms now like i don't like 
If I ever got invited to the White House or wherever she is, where does she go? Where uh, I don't know where she works. Like the where does she work? The post office? I don't. I don't know. AOC is not that bad. Everyone, when they bring up AOC, brings up her politics, but very few people bring up how attractive AOC actually is. I mentioned that I've dated some crazy people, and this does not make anyone crazy, but I'm about to bring up something that I see a lot, and I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I guess this is just a male-female thing. In life, there are male-female things, and I think this is one of them. Almost every single girlfriend, like serious relationship girlfriend, I don't mean like the kind that you're like, oh, I'm in town for a few days, and it's like, no, not, not that kind, but like serious, you know, two plus months. Every time I've been in one of those relationships, each girlfriend has, uh, has volunteered me their phone password. And this is something that I actually did some digging. By did some digging, I mean I asked like two dudes. That's apparently a thing that a lot of females do is like females will start dating someone and then they will just offer up their password to their significant other. Like I'll tell you a story. There was one time that I was, you know, with a girl and she was like, hey, do you want to know my phone password? I'm like, no. <laughs> what? Why do I need your phone password? What would I like? For what reason do I need the password to your phone? She goes, but what if you need to check something? It's like, what, what What? do you mean check something? Like check the weather? I can just look at the clouds. Like send a text. I've got smoke signals. I don't need your phone password. And that's a, I get, I guess that's just something that women like to do. Cause even my sister did it to her boyfriends or whatever. This is just something that I don't know. I guess it's like an insecurity thing. It's a, it's one of those things that they have an idea of, oh, relationship goals. They know your password. It's, but like, what, why do I, what would I do with the password to your phone? And here's the, here's why you don't want to do that. Cause that girlfriend, she asked me, do I want the, pa I didn't even, I said, no, I don't want it. And she goes, why not? And I go, first thing for the reasons I just said, second, the minute you accept that the minute you agree to knowing her password, and this is advice to guys, the minute you agree to knowing her password, you're opening the door and making way because that is, this is my guess. I don't know. My guess is my hypothesis is that that is just step one of a long-term plan. They ask, hey, do you want my phone password? And you go, ah, you know, sure. Tell me your phone password. And they tell you your phone password or they tell you their phone password. But then, you know, a week later, you haven't done anything with their phone. Like the, like you haven't done it. You haven't gotten into their phone because you don't need to get in their phone. You have no reason to get in their phone. You don't have a use for it. It doesn't benefit you. And then they're like, hey, remember when I uh, gave you my password? Have you ever gotten into my phone? 
And you go, no, I have not gotten into your phone. They go, oh, come on, just get into your phone. Obviously, like, not that straightforward, but that is overall what they want. So, because the goal in the end, the mic just clipped. The goal in the end is for them to know your password. And that is why you don't do it. I've had many girlfriends that I was dating seriously, they have offered me their passwords and I, every single time, I tell them, no, I don't want your password. And they look at me like I just turned down, like coming to their house when they're home alone. They look at me like I'm a crit, like, oh, well, why wouldn't you want my password? Don't you want my password? It's like, no. It serves me or you no purpose for me. The only reason I would need your password is if, God forbid, we're in the car and we crash, my phone gets like destroyed and plummeted into little tiny glass bits and your phone is the only phone that is functioning and you get knocked out so I can't have you call so I need to use your phone to call then I would need your password but that is such a ridiculous concept (laughs) that I really doubt that would be something you need to worry about Uh, last night I went to the Calvert City drive-in I will say this, at first I really doubted the ability of a drive-in movie theater to impress me. But the first thing that I was immediately, I was actually decently impressed by was one of the main things that I was worried about was the quality of the screening, the quality of the movie on the projector and the projection was not going to be very good or at least was not going to be as good as a movie theater or the ideal viewing setting. I was pleasantly surprised that it's actually not that bad. Like on the screen, it's plenty bright, it's plenty sharp. It's way too hot. Living in Kentucky, it is too hot to go to the drive-in movie theater during the summer. I think maybe if you get to October, that is when you want to go to the drive-in movie theater. But other than that, like I had to roll down my windows so I wouldn't start sweating enough to fill up a whole water bottle. So I didn't want to sweat. I rolled down the windows. But then the problem is you roll down the windows and the condensation or whatever fogs up your windshield so you can't actually see the movie. So I go sitting trying to watch Jaws, an Oscar winning motion picture. And I've just got fog on my windshield and I I see through my dirty windshield. I'm watching the scene where the USS Indianapolis scene and it's just... I can't see anything. It looks like I'm I'm squinting my eyes. I'll tell you what happened. First thing, I hate Calvert City because it is so confusing to go anywhere, at least in my opinion. Also, the drive-in is in the middle of nowhere, and I guess that's where you would ideally want a drive-in movie theater to be because it's quiet. It's not like right next to a highway where there's horns honking and like lights flashing or whatever. So I guess that's a good thing, but it was super hard to find. 
By the way, when I left, it was one in the morning. I got lost. I got lost after the movie so bad. I was going home. It's one in the morning. And I knew I was wrong when I start going down the road. I was like, oh, this is probably the road. And I start going on the I-24 bridge. So I go as I go as far as Patty's, which is probably another 20 minutes away in the opposite direction that I'm trying to go from Calvert City driving. I go to Patty's and I pull into Patty's, get some like decent directions on Google Maps, then I drive out, but there's a bit of a problem. I accidentally drive out onto the wrong side like I'm driving into traffic. But one in the actual morning, one in the morning is way later than I ever want to be driving. First thing, I don't even know if it's legal. <laughs> I think there's like a curfew for people under 18. It's pitch black. I'm going into traffic because I don't know any better. So there's not a place to do a U-turn. I literally, in the middle of a road, I just make a wheelie sort of, and then just go the other way to where I can make a U-turn, correct that, then I'm actually on the way, but then I get lost again, and I start going on the south side. But, okay, that time was on me, because I followed the directions, and I thought that at that point I knew where I was going, and I did not know where I was going. So this is one in the morning, I'm on the south side. By the way, I've got my brights on, which if there's anything that I've learned, because when I took driver's ed, Apparently, according to driver's ed, the appropriate time to use your brights is there is not an appropriate time to use your brights. And it's like, well, what are they? That, it's like every single instance that you bring up to them, is this when you need to use your brights? They go, no, you cannot use your brights then because and then a bird's going to come in and a deer is going to like take a dump on your lawn. And the gnome's gonna fall over. That's gonna cause a chain reaction that cause your windows to fog up, and then you crash, and then you die, and then your head gets severed, like in the Death Note movie. So apparently, you're never supposed to use your brights. I'm using my brights one in the morning on the south side, and I'm driving to where like people have Confederate flags hanging outside their door. Not a good situation to be in. <laughs> And I get to a point where I'm like, all right, where am I? Because I'm seeing places that I didn't even know existed in Kentucky. So eventually I go into like South Friendship Road, which is a place I've never, I've heard of North, which is like Lone Oak. But South is the ghetto. I pull into like some cul-de-sac in like some white neighborhood. I'm worried that they're going to, I've got my brights on. I'm worried they're going to come out with a shotgun and threaten me to leave and get off their lawn. I pull into a cul-de-sac, get directions, and at this point, I thought it was going to be 40 minutes away. Your house is 40 minutes from here. I pulled it up on Google Maps. Your home is five minutes from your location. So I start driving back, and I pull up, and there's a Dollar General about two miles from my house on the highway. And I pull up and I start going, I start creeping through the trees and I start driving and I see on my right 
some bright lights. I'm like, please tell me that's the Dollar General. And it's like glorious lights and heavenly angelic joy to the world music starts playing when I see Dollar General in big yellow letters. I'm like, I'm saved. At that point, I don't need the directions and I get home safely. Now, what can we learn from this? Just use the directions. That is, I promise you, I will always use Google Maps if I don't know. And I know the stereotype is men don't like to use directions. Just use directions. You, it is, there's no harm in going into Google Maps and pulling up where you need to go. There's no harm in it. And like to all the guys who think that they're emasculated because they had to look online for directions, you're literally saying your guess is better than actual data. Like you're comparing, like I, you're comparing what you think is how to go with like, it's literally what you do. Anyway, one last story, and here it is. One thing that you're going to see if you're watch if you're listening to this podcast on Friday at 10 a.m. or you're going to see at 12 p.m. if you watch Sergey Speaks as I make an announcement that announcement is that I'm going to start making photography themed YouTube videos cuz that's something I've had a passion and wanted to do for a long long time. About 5 miles out from my house on the way to Mayfield there's a abandoned strip club. Now, I did not know that it was a strip club at the time. I was just passing because it's actually an antique store that I was trying to go to. And I see that and I start thinking, all right, that would probably be a good place to take photos of. So I make a plan to go out and take photographs of this abandoned building. I pull in and and it's a big, giant purple building with a sign and there's nothing on the sign. So I don't know what it is, what this building actually was in its heyday. I pull up, I get out with my camera, and I walk up to the door, and it says Electric Monkey, Gentleman's Club, and I go, oh boy, this is, this is perfect. So, you know, you d- I do my photographer thing, I set up compositions, I get everything, you know, I, I take a light reading, I do all that stuff, but then, in the same parking lot as the strip club is, in the very, very back, with like bridges into a thick area of woods. Thick? A thick area of woods. <clears throat> that was embarrassing. I see there's like three abandoned, like derelict cars, all rusty. And I go, all right, this is going to be a good opportunity for photos. And I start making my way towards it. I start walking with my camera. And as I'm slowly approaching the cars, what I realize is there's some alarms that start to go off in my head. I start to get a little bit suspicious. This is almost too good to be true. And I start walking. And as I slowly encroach upon these three derelict rusty cars, one was like this like 70s looking pickup truck. One was, it looked like it was from the 60s and it was real rusty. One looked like it was from the 80s. I slowly make my way towards it and I start to get the sense of this horrendous stench, this inconceivably terrible 
smell that I'm starting to smell as I slowly approach. And I've watched enough crime TV to know that if you see abandoned cars and you start to smell a bad smell, the alarms start going off even worse because I'm like, am I about to find a dead body in here? If I'm not careful, six weeks from now, it's going to be like, Mr. Ivanov, do you swear to tell the truth? Hold who's not much useless to him. And I affirm, Mr. Ivanov, what did you see that day? Well, I was taking photos and I, I saw a dead body in the trunk of the car because I smelled this real bad smell. Like, I was thinking that was going to happen. I genuinely was worried there was going to be a dead body in that car because it smelled like rotting meat. I've cooked salmon once. And if you don't cook salmon right, it will smell like some stank feline, if you know what I'm saying. That's not even close to what I'm smelling here. And I start to slowly creep up. And eventually, I don't see any bodies, like in the, in the trunks of the car or whatever. That puts me at ease. But, I, but then I still go, all right, what is that smell? Then I look on the ground and there's this brown stuff. I'm like, what is that? I think it's like dirt or mud and it takes me about half a second to realize oh my gosh because in the cars there were like pillows empty soda cans sunglasses uh, blankets and I realized there were some squatters living in the cars what I'm smelling is the feces of a homeless person who has just crapped all over this parking lot and that is what I'm smelling so at that point I'm wishing it was a body because then it'd be at least a more interesting story than I found homeless person's feces on the ground and so it's smelling bad at that point I had taken enough photos I'm like listen it's time for me to get out of here because it because it's 95 degrees at that point my shirt has changed colors. I've sweat so much. And I head home. Anyway, that was the story. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening to The Sound of Sergey, Episode 8. It has been an honor talking to you for 30 minutes. And I'm so glad you decided to drop in. Make sure... To tune in to The Sound of Sergey every week, Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And also be sure to check out Sergey Speaks, which is come back every other Friday at 12 p.m. noon Central Standard Time. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. And I will see you next week.